Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 155. I am your host, Alejandro Veda. You are now pushing play to another blazing week, and i got to say thank you for all your support. This past week, we had two episodes drop. On Thursday, we had episode 154, and then on Friday, I ended up dropping The Blaze Talks number five with Doughface, and i got to say thank you for all those who have been supporting uh, those two episodes and also supporting the episode, all the episodes throughout the year. Uh, things are moving really fast, and you know this week we were able to do a lot, but I wanted to start this uh, week's podcast off by just celebrating Black History Month. You know, each week throughout February, we will be celebrating those who have bravely made history and also those who are pushing the boundaries right now. Uh, so this week, I really wanted to talk about one of my favorite and one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time, and also uh, one of the best entrepreneurs. Uh, this week, I wanted to celebrate Uncle Snoop, a.k.a. Snoop Dogg, as he now acquired Death Row Records uh, this past week. The 50-year-old rapper is now full circle with one of the best business moves of the year. He obtained full control um, of Death Road Rec Records after purchasing the company from MNRK Group. And now Snoop Dogg says he is thrilled and appreciative of the opportunity to acquire the iconic and culturally significant Death Road Records brand. He believes um, that there has been immense untapped future value to this. Um, the price of the purchase was yet to be available, but the company... Uh, filed bankruptcy in 2006 and was sold six years later while Suge Knight uh, has been battling uh, financial woes. Uh, currently, Suge Knight is serving a 28-year prison sentence uh, for running over a man and killing him in 2015. But back in the 90s, Death Row Records was worth more than $100 million and once was the most iconic music group, which helped thrust uh, West Coast hip-hop into what it is today. He labeled, the, uh, the label uh, boasted careers for Dr. Dre and his iconic album, The Chronic, Tupac Shakur with multiple albums, Nate Dogg and The Dog Pound. Uh, but this was also where Snoop Dogg got his first shot at stardom after being featured off of Dr. Dre's The Chronic with the, with the hit single, Nothing But A G Thing which that, that album sold over 6 million albums off the Death Row, Death Row Records name and also made West Coast hip-hop mainstream. Then Snoop Dogg got his chance recording his solo re record, Doggy Style, which fe featured uh, smash hit Gin and Juice, which sold over 11 million copies, which was the fastest-selling debut um, album um, in history at that time. Then his next album, uh, The Dogfather, also hit platinum for, for the label. Um, last year, Death Row made Snoop Dogg the executive, creative, and strategic consultant, which in essence, he was planning on buying the, this well-known label. But I believe Death Row, Rec uh, Death Row Records is sold to the right person, which will leave the, uh, lead the label to a, a new age or a new era. Hopefully... Um, he will bring back the name Death Row back to where it once was in the 90s. Um, I'm also, I also believe that it's very important to see black ownership. And I believe artists 
um, will be lucky to have, you know, Uncle Snoop as their boss. But I am definitely anxious to see Snoop Dogg's next move as he's always surprising us with new business moves. And I think his next album will actually be recorded off of the Death Row uh, Records name. So this week, I just definitely wanted to celebrate Snoop Dogg for all that he has accomplished and also everything that he's been doing for uh, the future generations. We need these types of role models to set examples and lead the way uh, for the ju- the future. So thank you, Snoop Dogg, for everything that you have accomplished. But this week, we're able to listen to a lot of new music. And this week, I was able to listen to the new Yo Gotti CM Chapter 10 free game. Uh, this was a big release, and there's a lot of big releases here in February. Uh, but I was able to listen to this new Yo Gotti album and was thoroughly impressed. First, I got to say, Yo Gotti is a hip-hop mega superstar and now turned into a hip-hop mogul. And he just released his double uh, album uh, that paints, you know, his life uh, in the streets and also his life, um, you know, as now an executive, uh, you know, an executive. Uh, The album has got so much traction, you know, after he set up a challenge for his single, Dollar for Dollar, which he offers rappers a clearance to his beat and gives a chance for his artists to participate and upload their songs in a chance to win. But in essence, everyone is really a winner because Yo Gotti is allowing full clearance for the beat, which allows independent artists to use it to make profit with it, which uh, gives rising artists, you know, basically an opportunity This has never been done before, and I love this kind of boss move, which allows artists to upload uh, the, you know, the beat um, and their song on all streaming platforms, and it gives you know artists a chance to make some real money from the streams. Uh, But CM10 Free Game was versatile, and it gives the listener exactly what they're looking for from a Yo Gotti uh, project. The first thing that really steps up, uh, steps out to me is his beat choice choices throughout the whole album. I definitely felt like this is something that I want to be working out to or something that I need to be hearing, you know, loud in the car. Um, but the first side uh, of the of the album uh, gives you, you know, like that street side. Uh, then the second side really reflects his business side. Um, Yo Gotti has also made comments previously that this was going to actually be his last and final album. But I believe many artists say that. Uh, but if you love music, I, I don't think, you know, that that, that will last. Uh, but my favorite songs off CM10, Free Game, are Giving Back, Dollar for Dollar, and Family Tree. You know, I think Yo Gotti really raised the bar for his music and this this type of music at, at that. Um, but I enjoy, enjoyed listening to it, and I believe that you guys will too. So make sure you guys check out this new release, CM10 Free Game uh, by Yo Gotti, and let me know what you think. But this week, we are able to watch a ton of good movies. And this week, I wanted to talk about the 2021 sports drama called King Richard. King Richard is based on the story of the Venus and Serena Williams sisters. Uh, this story is about a father 
who envisions his daughters to be great tennis players. He would start the girls off by training in their hometown of Compton, California, where distractions were at every corner. The court that they would practice at was neglected, uh, but that didn't stop Richard Williams to keep his daughters committed to practicing day or night, rain or shine. Uh, this commitment from their mother and father kept a balance between home and their careers. Uh, the Williams sisters were determined and their hard work and dedication is the reason why they are two of the best tennis players to ever live. King Richard is so uplifting and also gives you some perspective to what it really takes to be one of the best. Richard was played by Will Smith, who I believe this was one of his best roles he has ever played. Um, and I believe this movie is one of the greatest sports stories I have ever witnessed. To see what these little girls did to get to where they are now, you know, would have never been imagined uh, without instilling that confidence and also equipping those young girls with knowledge that would get uh, those girls to a higher place. Um, with that mindset to never give up and always to believe in yourself is what everybody needs to hear. Not only little girls, but little boys, uh, men, women, everybody needs to know that their mind is one of the most powerful things in the world. And I was truly, truly inspired by this um, movie. And I believe that you will be too. So make sure you check out King Richard on Prime Video or in theaters right now. But this week, I really wanted to talk about something that has been plaguing our society um, for the past 20 years, more than that. You know, it's always been plaguing our society. But I want to talk about bullying right now and an incident that happened on Monday, which a group of kids ended up following a seventh grader off of a Clovis Unified School campus. Um, they ended up beating him in by a gro by a grocery store. Uh, reports have said that bullying uh, was happening during that day at school and then continued after school at a nearby grocery store. Uh, the bullies allegedly taunted the student, calling him racial slurs right before beating him up. Clovis Unified Schools have a zero tolerance policy, which parents have now been stating that they want uh, more uh not to be less lenient and to crack down on that uh, zero tolerance policy. Uh, the mother of the student that, that was bullied, Holly Hayes, created a Facebook page on Tuesday to rally support and said by Wednesday uh, she already had 200 members. Uh, through this platform, she says many parents are sharing similar stories. Uh, the ultimate goal was to find support and effort to stop the bullying. As a community, we really need to get together and talk about these types of issues. You know, many parents are not aware that over 50% of kids have been bullied at one point. Those who are bullied are more likely to have low self-esteem, have few friends at school, and have a negative view of school. Um, they may experience physical and mental health issues. 
but bullying doesn't only affect the victims. It also affects the witnesses. Um, witnesses are more likely to use tobacco, alcohol, or other drugs and have increased mental health problems. And those who bully are increased risk for substance abuse, academic problems, may experience violence in adolescence or adulthood. You know, we really need to find a solution versus bullying. As I see this constant, constantly as I work at that grocery store where this incident has occurred, uh, parents need to be more vigilant as after school is the easiest way to get bullied. Um, so parents really need to know where their kids are, make sure their kids are going to be where they say they are, and also just maybe trick the kid and see what they actually do, you know, after school. Also, teach your child to protect themselves, you know, putting them into a martial arts in, in case this type of incident occurs often. You know, I'm not a parent yet, but I remember back in my school days, you know, I was a bully and I didn't even realize it uh, until now that I'm older. I can see um, that my unknowing led me to hurt people that I actually really cared about um, verbally, physically. You know, it wasn't until high school when I started to get bullied, but never allowed them to really hurt me physically, uh, but definitely verbally, emotionally. Um, so I was sort of, you know, it kind of went full circle for me. But either way, sometimes it is just sitting down, talking to your child, even if you may not suspect them uh, bullying or being bullied, just to be open and tell them it is more than wrong and to, to really set an example by encouraging them to make new friends, uh, make new friends with those who are actually bullied. You know, we rely too much on schools and teachers when I feel like it's up to the parents to make a difference. And it starts off by talking to your kid and letting them know the truth about bullying and the harm that it has on them. But for more information, you know, or help about how to start bu stop bullying, check out the website stopbullying.gov. But this is an issue that I feel like needs to be touched on and I think not enough people are talking about it. So make sure you stop the bullying. But this week I was able to catch up on some new Central Cal music. And I wanted to really share this artist this week because um, he was actually one of my friends in high school. Um, his name is Spits the Flame. He's a rapper who really has transformed into an artist. He's been making music for years, but... Finally, he released his first project called My Point of View. Spits the Flame has always had some great content, but now he has a message behind it. And now he is uh, definitely uh, making his way around um, Central California and everywhere that he's able to, you know, praise the most high. I went to school with Spits. He's always had style. He's always had flow. But now I feel like He's bubbling over that. Like he's starting to really portray an artist artistry that really is intriguing me. Um, but we need more artists like this to really give a great message, especially to the youth and where music is nowadays with how negative 
and how people are portraying drugs, death, to be okay. Um, we need artistry to really give a positive message, uh, to really uplift the listener. And this is why I wanted to really review uh, Spitz's newest uh, project, My Point of View. Uh, but you can definitely find all of uh, this whole album on Spotify. Uh, but my favorite uh, songs off this album are Dreams to Reality, Ride or Die, and We Pray. So make sure you check out Wit or, or Spits the Flame um, on all your streaming services. Uh, my point of view is out now. Uh, it's definitely something to listen to. Uh, 13 songs long, about 45 minutes long. Um, I definitely think it's something uh, everybody should tune into. So make sure you guys support Spits the Flame on his newest project and let me know what you guys think. Now let's talk about our local sports. And this week, let's talk about our Fresno State basketball team, uh, men's basketball, who has an overall record of 16-7. and seven. Uh, This week, they took on... Uh, Nevada and won 73 to 56. Um, and they were led by uh, Holland Anthony, number 25, who scored 21 points and was uh, four, three for six from the three point line and had 10 rebounds. Uh, then they also took on Wyoming, uh, but they lost 59 to 61 in this close game. Um, they were led by. Isaiah Hill, who scored 25 points and four rebounds. Uh, this week, the Dogs will be facing off at Colorado State on Friday, February 11th. And then they'll be at home versus UNLV uh, next Wednesday. So make sure you guys tune in for more on your Fresno State men's basketball. Now let's talk about our Lady Dogs uh, women's basketball team. Uh, their overall record is 9-12. and 12. Uh, They got their win against uh, Boise State this week, 62-56. to 56. And they were led by Haley Cavender, who scored 28 points and 11 rebounds. And then they got the, the loss against uh, Nevada. Uh, they lost 57-66. to 66. But they were uh, led by... Hannah Cavender, who scored 20 points and also got four rebounds. Uh, this week, the Dogs uh, will face off against um, Wyoming on February 12th. That's going to be a Saturday. And then also, they'll be uh, playing against Nevada on Monday, uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. So make sure to tune in uh, for more on your women's Fresno State basketball. Now let's talk about the NFL. And this week, Brian Flores, former NFL coach for the Miami Dolphins, sues the NFL and alleges racism in hiring practices. Uh, Brian Flores has sued the NFL and three other teams, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants. Alleged, alleging uh, discrimination regarding his interview processes with Denver and New York and his firing last month by Miami. Um, this is a 58-page lawsuit, and Flores alleges that the Dolphins' owner, Stephen Ross, attempted to incentivize him to tank or to lose 
purposely lose. And shortly um, after he was hired in 2019, uh, Ross was allegedly offering uh, Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. Um, Flores alleges that, you know, Ross pressured him into uh, recruiting a prominent quarterback also at the end of 2019 season, which the coach refused as it would violate uh, the NFL's tampering rules. Um, and at that time, if you remember 2019 season, who was um, a free agent was Tom Brady. So they were, I think that that was actually uh, a move that uh, Flores didn't want to um, to be involved in. Um, and this was actually going to be on a yacht for lunch in the winter of 2020 where the quarterback was conveniently arriving at the marina for an impromptu meeting. Um, but Flores ended up refusing to meet, left the yacht, um, and he alleges that he was treated with disdain and held out as someone who was non-compliant and difficult to work with. Um, he was fired January 10th, despite uh, recording Dolphins' back-to-back -back winning seasons. Um, and that was the first time back-to-back -back winning season since 2003. Uh, but then Flores also alleged that the Giants interviewed him last month for a head coaching gig. Um, and for some reason, um, they only interviewed him uh, to be in compliance with the NFL's Rooney Rule, which requires teams to interview minority candidates uh, for open positions. Uh, the league actually has amended this as a rule in recent years. and says teams must hold an in-person interview with at least one external minority candidate for any general manager and a head coaching opportunity. Floors alleged that he spoke with the Giants on uh, Zoom uh, prior to the team hiring former uh, Buffalo Bills assistant general manager Joe Schoon as its GM on January 23rd. He said the next day, Schoon finalized his interview date for January 27th um, and said that he hoped uh, he would come in and win this job, you know. Um, however, hours later, uh, Flores got a text message from Patriots coach Bill Belichick, who Flores worked with 10-plus years with the New England uh, Patriots. And in those texts, Belichick told Flores he heard from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are the guy. Flores asked Belichick to clarify. And also... Um, Belichick did not mean to to, to talk to um, Brian Flores, but was trying to talk to Brian DeBole, who was also in the running for the Giants' job. And Belichick acknowledged his error and informed him that the Giants wanted DeBole. I don't understand how these types of issues are still relevant here in 2022. You know, the NFL, for, to me, has this this race problem 
I, I don't know what it is. It's it's that billionaires boys club kind of thing where it's a fraternity full of white owners. I think there's only one black coach in the NFL right now, and that's and that's Tomlin for the for the uh, Steelers. But I think th- this right here um, already makes the NFL look guilty, especially uh, with the Giants already leaking, you know, uh, or, or Bill Belichick leaking the, the New York Giants' uh, new head coach. And then they also ha- uh, had a detailed um, interview with the Broncos uh, saying that uh, John Elway and and others uh, were a part of this interview. And Brian Flores stated that he felt like they were out drinking the night before this interview and really didn't take this interview serious. Um, but I feel like, you know, with with, with uh, this lawsuit, I, I think the NFL is on the verge of change. You know, I think what we need to see is an increase of black individuals in hiring, um, increase the objectivity of hiring, and terminate terminating GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. You know, increase the number of black offensive coordinators. Um, increase the amount of black owners. Increase the black coaches, GMs. I mean, this lawsuit is going to change a lot for the NFL. And I think, you know, Brian Flores is going to get the blunt force of it. Maybe not coach again in the NFL he will be blackballed, uh, and it's not right, but that's just how I feel the NFL works out. Um, and this is all right before, you know, the Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl is going to be this Sunday, and this is what the media is filled up with, not with the, the talks about how great of a game, you know, it's going to be on Sunday. But definitely wanted to talk about this uh, Brian Flores um, issue. But right now, I know he is in the in the in the runnings for uh, head coaching vacancies in Houston with the Texans and also New Orleans. Now that uh, Sean Payton is out uh, with the Saints, um, the New Orleans interviewed him for this uh, head coaching vacancy on Tuesday. So I just hope that we see some kind of justice for Brian Flores. And this week, I wanted to talk about the big matchup for the for the big game. Uh, we're going to have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. But first things first, I definitely want to check out that halftime show. It's going to be featuring Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, this is going to be one of the best halftime shows uh, probably since Bruno Mars. Um, but this Super Bowl matchup is going to be one for the ages. I think, uh, we're going to see two high powered offenses go at it. Uh, both defenses, you know, they both have good defenses, but I think the Rams, um, have the, the big advantage on the defensive side. So I believe that the Rams are going to be able to take this, uh, matchup and probably win the Super Bowl, but, uh, there's a lot at stake here. I think uh, we we definitely got to make sure that we 
we we leave um, Bradford and uh, that matchup against Bradford and Burrow. I think whoever wins that matchup is going to definitely win the Super Bowl. Whoever has the most touchdowns will will win that Super Bowl. Um, I think both defenses could come away with some some big um, takeaways, but it's going to depend on how well these quarterbacks play. Um, definitely the Rams have a lot more options, but Burrow has really been putting together these games. The last two games have been really on his back most of the game, but really putting uh, putting it together and really uh, getting the job done. Um, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan right now uh, as he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, not only right now, but I think of all time, he, he definitely has some of the some of the best stats, uh, meaning, you know, he's won state championships in high school. He's won, um, you know, the college um, playoffs. Um, and then now he's here in the Super Bowl. I mean, who who would have known that he was going to take this Cincinnati team uh, to, the, to the big game? Uh, but a lot of people really thought the Rams uh, were a front runner for this year's uh, – season and I believe that the Rams really played with their backs against the walls when you know the NFC West started to turn up with the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, really giving it to them uh, but but they they really put it together against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got that big win uh, during the playoffs and I think that's what hurdled them uh, into this game. Not necessarily against the Niners. I think that that was a big game as well. But uh, the Rams really uh, put the throttle onto the Niners and really showcased uh, that they have the weapons to really beat any team. So I believe this is going to come out to a shootout. I don't think it's going to be as close as many people think. Uh, I think right now they have the game at five points, the spread at 5.5 points. I think it might be seven uh, one touchdown, and I think that's going to be the Rams. The Rams will get that the takeaway they need, and and then uh, get get that one uh, touchdown lead to win the game. So I don't know exactly if I'm going for the Rams or if I'm going for the for the Bengals, but I definitely think the Rams have the upper hand with the defense. So I believe it's going to be seven uh, decided by seven points uh, for the Rams in favor of the Rams. Uh, but definitely love the Super Bowl. Big fan of uh, watching it every year. Uh, so make sure you guys let me know what your guys' predictions are. Now let's talk about the NBA. And this week, let's talk about the power rankings. And let's start off with the top five teams in the NBA. And at number five, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers, who has a record of 33-21. and 21. You know, a trade for Chris LeVert signals that the Cavs are trying to compete for that top seed in the Eastern Conference uh, giving that young core more than just a taste uh, of postseason. You know, entering this week, um, they were just a game out of first place, um, and they had one of the best uh, weeks for that conf- for the Eastern Conference. Um, but I feel like uh, with this rising uh, core of, of players, uh, the Cavs are on the right trajectory. Um, and also in the East right now, um, the 76ers are number four in the league with a 32 and 21 record. You know, they've had some great games, uh, and Embiid has been really shooting the ball well. 
Um, he took an, he takes advantage of a lot of double teams able to to uh, to to score and also dish the ball. He's been able to to be a double double uh, maniac. So I want to see what he has uh, for the next uh, stretch of uh, past the All Star game. We're gonna see also uh, what's gonna be happening. Uh, through through the trade process, you know, with Ben Simmons, seeing if maybe they could get a deal. Um, I'm not too sure exactly what teams are are in it for for Ben Simmons, but uh, I think the 76ers is gonna have some big tests ahead of them, as they'll be playing, you know, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers and also uh, Phoenix. So. Um, they're, they're steady at number four at number three right now. We got the Memphis Grizzlies who have a record of 37 and 18 and they're led by John Moran and John Moran has been fearless. I mean, fearless. This guy has been going after every team scoring, doing what he can do to really just make his team, uh, win the game. You know, he, he's been more than just, uh, just a point guard. He's been really the whole offense for the Grizzlies. And he's been putting together one of the best years I've seen uh, from a point guard. You know, um, John Morant really reminds me of of um, one of those point guards like Allen Iverson, um, like Derrick Rose. He, he, he's a mixture of so many great players that he's so exciting to watch. And you can't miss him off of a Sports Center highlight or – or uh, on ESPN, you could definitely check out um, some of those John Morant highlights. But last week, uh, they were at number two, and they dropped down one spot to number three. Uh, but I feel like Memphis Grizzlies going into um, All-Star Weekend next weekend, we're going to be seeing um, some them, them take off a little bit more. And at number two, we got the Golden State Warriors, who last week, uh, they were at number three, so they jumped out, jumped up a spot. Uh, Draymond Green remains out until the All-Star break. Uh, and the Warriors do miss him, but the last five games, you know, they, it really has been their worst stretch um, for defense. Um, and I, I think that's the only uh, thing that they're missing right now is Draymond. Uh, Draymond is an intricate part of the defense, also an intricate part of the offense. I believe uh, once they get Draymond back, uh, we may see a different side of Golden State Warriors, especially now that Klay Thompson is shooting the ball better and Steph Curry is trying to get out of that 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 that, that uh, shooting slump and has been making some some uh, significant uh, plays for the Warriors. Uh, I'm just excited to see exactly um, where they will end up, um, and this week. As of course, last week uh, the Phoenix Suns are still on a roll. Their record is at forty-two and ten, and the Suns have the league's most efficient offense. Um, a lot of this is due to how well Chris Paul has been able to play uh, off the ball and also on the ball. You know, it, it depends on uh, what team shows up that night. Uh, if they want to play big ball, they could go down low uh, with DeAndre Ayton. If they want to really spot up and, and shoot the ball, um, they could they could really make it make that happen as well. Um, I I feel like the Suns have been taking care of business not only in the West but throughout the league. You know they they've been really uh, 
putting the effort out there uh, as a team to win these games. So I'm really surprised that the Suns hasn't faltered yet, but definitely going to be uh, paying a lot more attention uh, to them as, as the season continues. Uh, but now let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, they're ranked 19 in the league right now. Um, just can't get it done. You know, they, it, it comes to the fourth quarter, uh, really the third quarter where they give up the most points. But we need to see more effort in the fourth on defense. Um, they also need to get the right rotations in. I think we should be out of the out of the thought of trading Westbrook right now. We need to just work on what we have and, and, and try to work with it as well as we can. I think Coach Vogel is trying to find these rotations and getting these guys in uh, in places to, to make great plays throughout the game, but it takes a defensive team to really uh, win a championship. You know, uh, if you you can have all the greatest players in the world, but if you have no defense, you're not you're never going to win uh, that championship. So I think the Lakers really need to pick up their game, especially now that. We're on our way to the All-Star break next week. So um, I'm, I'm ready to see exactly how well uh, they might cohesively come together and, and, and make a run for maybe a playoff spot. But I want to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day this week. Make sure you go out, for uh, get your loved ones a little something, uh, a little bit of gratitude, get, you know, cook a little, a little dinner, do the dishes. Do the do whatever you can do for your other for your significant other. I'm a, a firm believer that you know it, it, it's reciprocation that makes the the relationship work. So whatever she's been showing you throughout this year, whatever he's been showing you throughout this year, make sure uh, to this week you you make it a point to to show that back. Um, you know, a lot of it doesn't have to come with material things. A lot of it for me is just the thought and the effort. Um, you know, Valentine's Day has never been a real day that I, me and my wife have really celebrated. Uh, but, you know, as we now are on our fourth year marriage, we're going, you know, we're going to be celebrating our fourth year. Um, we really have to think about each other and, and, and really think outside of our boxes. And what I mean about that is, you know, maybe she doesn't necessarily ask for this or that, but you know, maybe just a little thought of, of something could get her to understand, you know, that it's hard out there, especially for people that don't make a lot of money. But the effort and, and, and just that presence of being there and being there for them, I think that's what, what really makes Valentine's Day uh, awesome. Um, so make sure you guys do that. Make sure you're also being positive throughout the week. I know... Uh, this past weekend, we had, you know, a lot of uh, things going going on with my family. Uh, had to really take care of that and, and make sure my family's doing good. Uh, but we're all in high hopes now, and hopefully uh, we can keep uh, in, in a positive manner. Um, I just, I, that's been my whole goal this year is just to try to get my mindset, make sure to, to work out my mind, make sure to work out my body, and make sure to work out my spirit because I'm definitely – uh, in the need of work, I've been 
an improvement and that's what I really want to do each and every day. And I challenge you guys to do the same. Uh, but I just want to thank you guys for pushing play. Make sure you guys support this podcast, all your local podcasts, all your local businesses, and all your local artists. I'm Alejandro Oveda. I'm signing off. Episode 155.